Hello everybody and welcome to North Shore Move Hour. My name is Kim and in this segment, this is what we like to call our small business mention. So today I wanted to talk about a small business called Lindsay's Groom Room. They're located at 143 Main Street in Kings Park, New York. Their phone number is 631-292-2655. Their hours of operation are Tuesday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m., Saturday from 8.30 to 4.30, and closed on Sunday and Monday. So what does Lindsay's Groom Room do? Well, some of the services offered are dog and cat grooming, bird grooming, bunnies and guinea pig grooming, they have so many options and add-ons available. They are a great salon for your pup. So go join their mailing list for sneak peeks and special offers. The owner, groomer, Lindsay, is amazing. She's professional and very good at what she does, and her knowledge is beyond measure. With over 20 years' experience, she's joined by a great staff of talented bathers and groomers. You might be wondering, how do you know? Well... I know because I'm a client. Well, not me, but Jameson, my dog, is a client. And my rabbit, he enjoys a pedicure with Miss Lindsay every now and then also. Jameson gets very, very nervous when you mention a bath or go in the car. Well, first he's excited when you say, let's go in the car. Once he figures out where he's going, when we pull in, he's not so excited. And... When you tell him, let's go, he doesn't really want to get out of the car. But once we get in there, the staff quickly puts him at ease and in return puts Mama at ease because I don't like to see him upset. I just, I can't say enough great things. Um, you know, when Jameson is done, he looks and feels like a king. He has a little bandana. They put a little bandana on them when they get, a, you know, a bath and haircut. So... If you have a fur baby and you live on the island, I would say your best option to get a beautiful haircut and a great bath, leaving your pet smelling fresh and clean, call them today and make an appointment. You will not be disappointed. This shop also has whatever else you may need for your pup. You know, get some food and treats while you're there too. They have so many different things to sell. They have yeah, food, treats, collars, leashes, toys, clothes for your pup, all kinds of things. So make sure you check them out. Um, you can also visit them on Facebook. That's right. They have their own Facebook page. So go over there, give them a like and a share, and go get Fido a haircut. As always, I'm going to go ahead and link all of Lindsay's Groom Room information in the description box below so that you can go back and reference it at a later time when you want to make that phone call to make that appointment get in there because she's super busy always full and that says a lot so go check them out thanks for listening now and on to today's episode Hey guys, and welcome back to North Shore Moonflower. If you're new here, my name is Kim, and here we talk about homesteading and basically whatever else is on my mind. So before we get into today's, today's subject, let's um, sit down and have a little chit-chat update. I just made my coffee. 
So grab your coffee, sit down, let's talk. What's going on on the farm lately? Well, let's see. The garden is transitioning. I removed all the cucumbers. They were done. Basically, once you get to the middle of August, where I am, zone 7A, cucumbers are done. They cannot stand extreme heat, and we did have a couple of really, really hot days that I think basically just put an end to the cucumbers. So those were taken out, and all of the little mutant cucumbers that didn't get the chance to grow because of poor pollination, we split those open and gave them to the chickens, and they just had the time of their lives eating those cucumbers. So at least they didn't go to waste. All the vines were put into the back green compost. And the soil, we just basically tilled it up a little bit. And what I did was tarp it. That area is going to be where my kale is going to go in about a week. I started my kale in little pots this year because in previous years, I tried to start kale direct zone and it just didn't work out for me. So I figured I would try them as transplants this year. So we're it's it's an experiment. We're gonna see what happens. So that's where my kale is going to go and I have it tarped for now to just let the soil cook um, so that it's ready for the kale when the kale is ready for it. What else is going on? My sunflowers have bloomed. I'm so excited. The one sunflower in the very middle of the garden we measured on Sunday, nine and a half feet. The one next to it, a little over six feet. The one outside the garden on the corner by the fence, a little bit over six feet. So I'm very excited. It's the first year I've successfully grown sunflowers to the full extent of blooming without anything happening to them. So it's just, I love waking up and looking out the window at the sunflower every morning. It's so beautiful. They stand so tall. Like my sister said, it looks like they're, you know, overseeing the garden. So I've nicknamed them the guardians of my garden. They are beautiful. Everybody else is doing good. Puppy is doing good. Rabbit is doing good. Chickens are doing as well as they can be with molting beginning and they're a little uncomfortable. Egg production has slowed down. Uh, we talked about that in my previous podcast, but they're living their best life out in the coop and the barn cats are doing very well. Milky Way has made her home here for sure. She's here every day now, so we're glad to have her. So everybody is doing well farm. Elizabeth is counting down the days when she goes back to school on campus in her suite that she has for the last year of her school. But, you know, mom is a little sad, but I'm also excited for her and happy to see that she's excited. So that's that. Let's go ahead and get into today's subject. So what are we talking about today? In today's episode, I wanted to talk about a subject that has gained popularity in these last few years, and that's dairy versus non-dairy or plant-based alternatives. Um, so we're going to go ahead and dive in and discuss both sides, and I wanted to share 
what we use at home. So let's talk about the differences between dairy and non-dairy. So let's start with dairy. What are some of the differences? Well, one is sugar. Regular white cow's milk has no added sugar. It has what contains uh, lactose, which is a, it's a naturally occurring sugar. So your non-dairy has no lactose. So that's basically one of the big differences. You know, obviously one comes from an animal, one comes from a plant. Some of your non-dairy options include things like oat milk, um, hemp milk, flax milk, cashew milk, coconut milk, almonds, soy, rice. There's so many different um, non-dairy options. And we'll get more into those details in a little while. Um, also, if you are lactose intolerant, here's a little tidbit. If you're not interested in living the plant-based life, but you're lactose intolerant, but you want to enjoy dairy, goat's milk, check it out. There is no lactose in goat's milk. How do I know this? Because I worked on a farm that produced goat's milk and it is a popular alternative with people that I found um, who are interested in drinking milk, um, but have the lactose problem. So they solve it by drinking goat's milk. So that's just a little tidbit for you. Um, so let's see. Let's see. There's difference, shall we say, terminology that I've learned while researching this subject that I've never heard before and really didn't know that there were differences in. So I, I think maybe let's go over some of the terminology and before we get into details, this way we all know what the heck we're talking about. So there's dairy-free and non-dairy. I know, I, I thought the same thing. Like, what the heck are you talking about? Isn't it the same? Not really. So there's no FDA regulatory explanation of what dairy-free means. And labels, um, more often than not, this product is actually dairy-free. Like if it says dairy-free, that means that it is safe for vegan diets. Uh, you know, vegan products, they contain no form of dairy at all, like soy milk, almond milk, uh, you know, uh, coconut milk. They, they are completely plant-based and they contain no components of dairy whatsoever. So now non-dairy, there is actually an FDA explanation for non-dairy. Um, you know, but the regulations allow, they allow for dairy products to be present. That's what I found with the differences. Non-dairy doesn't necessarily mean that it has nothing to do with dairy. I know, let's wrap our heads around this for a second. So they allow dairy products to be present like um, casein. It's the main protein found in milk, uh, whey. It, that's the liquid part of the milk after it's, you know, curled and strained to make cheese. The liquid part, that's whey. And that's present in non-dairy products. Like for example, like a non-dairy coffee creamer that contains casein and whey. So it's clearly not milk free, you know? I know it's very, it was very confusing to me. And 
my word, it must be tough to be a vegan. People who live the vegan lifestyle, I give you guys a lot of credit. Like you must be excellent researchers because I am not a vegan, but researching this subject, I was a little confused sometimes, but you know, we'll get through it. Um, so let's see, let's see what, what else? That's the non-dairy. Okay. So that's, I think that's pretty much the explanation, you know, and dairy substitutes, the one bad thing about them is that they can have a lot of added sugar. So you want to make sure if you're on like a keto diet, read the labels before you just were like, oh, okay, it's it's not dairy, so I can, you know, have it. Read the labels because they have a lot of added sugar. So let's talk about the um, dairy substitutes, so the plant-based alternatives or wh whatever you'd like to call it. Um, what do we want to look for when we're looking for a good dairy alternative? First thing we want to look for is at least seven to eight grams of protein. Okay, as few ingredients as possible. After all, we are trying to live a clean life. We don't need an ingredient list full of all these words that are too long for us to pronounce. Like, what's the point of trying to go plant-based if everything is just added into it, you know? So I think that as few ingredients as possible is the best thing. So the word unsweetened and zero grams added sugar. That's what you want to look for. Like if you go in, for example, and you go to the almond milk, they have the unsweetened vanilla almond milk. Those are things that you want to look for. Um, limited saturated fats, especially coconut milk. Coconut milk, you're, we'll get into it, but you'll see that has the most fat saturated fats. So you want to make sure you're reading labels on that. If that is something that you need to monitor in your diet, um, less than 140 milligrams of sodium per cup. And you want to check to see if there's fortification with calcium and vitamin D or any other nutrients that you're personally concerned about, like omega-3 or, you know, something like that. All right. So now let's say you've made the decision to become dairy-free or non-dairy, which whichever one you choose. There's a good number of options out there. So let's review some of them and see what they're all about. And I'm going to go over some alternatives and just give you, you know, the quick snip of facts here, and then you guys take it and run with it. And whatever you choose, that's your life. Okay, so the first one, um, this was probably one of the first milk substitutes that we saw come out onto the market. It's the soy milk. Soy milk has about 80 calories per cup um, with about 8 grams of plant-based protein from soybeans. And it's filled with antioxidants and fiber. A lot of people choose soy milk. Um, the next one is very new to the plant-based alternative game. It is pea milk. P-E-A milk. Like the little round green bowl vegetables. Peas. Pea milk. Okay, It's very new. It's made from pea protein isolate. 
and other emulsifiers. It's got about 70 calories per cup and 8 grams of protein. Okay, the next one is coconut milk. This was one of the alternatives that I was considering when I was on that journey. Um, it's made from water and coconut cream. It's higher in fat contents, lower in carbs than other nut or grain-based milks. Um, most of the calories, it looks like most of the calories come from saturated fat. So, you know, make sure you're reading that label, like I said, and if that's a concern in your diet plan, make sure you're making the best decision possible with those saturated fats. Um, one cup has up to four grams, which is 20% of your daily value. So just something to think about. Um, the next one is oat milk uh, that contains added fiber and it's lower in protein than cow's milk uh, with about two to four grams per cup versus eight grams per cup because it's literally made out of oats that are soaked in milk. And this is the option that we chose for um, my family. We use oat milk um, in our house. I buy the Planet Oat Extra Creamy and the vanilla. Uh, Russ uses it in his coffee and he says he doesn't see the difference. And honestly, the only difference I see so far with it is for cooking. Um, like for example, mashed potatoes, I've always added milk and butter to my mashed potatoes and I tried doing that with the oat milk, but it just doesn't give it the same like texture or consistency as regular milk does. That's the only thing I found. I mean, they were okay, different. So that's oat milk. That's what we drink in my house. Um, almond milk. Um, most almond milks range between about 35 and 90 calories per cup, mostly made from water, almonds, and emulsifiers. So the low-cal versions, they provide like one gram of protein and fiber. So that's almond milk. There's also cashew milk. It's made basically the same way as almond milk. It provides about 40 to 50 calories per cup. The only big difference between cashew and almond is the flavor. Pretty much it's basically the same thing and then you have flax milk that is going to give you about 70 calories per cup um, and it's made with a combination of water um, flaxseed and pea protein rewind to the pea milk so those two have something in common uh, and then there's things like hemp milk and that's made by blending and straining the hemp seeds and water and it's packed with magnesium, calcium, vitamin D, omega-3 and 6. And it has about 3 grams of protein and 60 calories per cup. So that's hemp milk. From what I found in the grocery stores, you're not going to find hemp milk over by the refrigerated dairy alternatives. They are usually in your aisle where you have your organic alternatives and plant-based alternatives and they're usually on the shelf over there that's where i found it um and then you have um rice milk which is basically just rice water and it's lower in calories than any other milk alternative 
So those are pretty much your plant-based alternatives that I have found that would be under consideration for somebody who doesn't want to do dairy anymore. So there are some concerns about cow's milk that I've heard from people and that I've researched. Um, we're going to go over those too. But first, we're going to go ahead and take a short break and listen to this ad. And then I'll be right back. Thanks for sticking around, guys. And welcome back. Let's go ahead and continue on with this episode. Now we're going to focus on the cow's milk and some concerns that people have about consuming it. So... Some concerns that I have read and that I've heard are they can carry harmful pathogens, including salmonella and E. coli, which I can see that happening. Uh, You know, many infants and children are allergic. Many adults are lactose intolerant. Casein is a carcinogen. And there have been links to type 1 diabetes. So people start to question Do we even need dairy at all? The answer is no. Dairy products are not essential for nutritional requirements for humans. They're just not. We were never made to drink cow's milk. And I mean, that's pretty much it. You know, it's just to some people, they say that it's unnatural that we're that we consume dairy of another animal. So let's get into uh, a subject. And before we do, I just wanted to press the caution button here and let you guys know we are going to um, be talking about a little bit of a sensitive matter. So we're talking about animal cruelty. So if that's something that upsets you, then you may have to skip this part. Um, But for me, a big part of the reason I made my decision to not consume cow's milk anymore was because of way too many cases that I have found of animal abuse in the dairy industry. Now, I know that most of y'all listen are farmers and you take care of your animals and much respect for you for that and your decision to live however you want. Um, But for me, I can't support big dairy anymore. I just can't. If I can find a farm that I can walk on their farm, see their cows, and see that their cows are living a natural life out in pasture, well taken care of, I might consider buying dairy from that farmer. But big dairy, um, I just can't support it anymore. I can't. It's... It's just against what I believe in. So that's just my opinion. Not everybody's going to agree with me. And that's okay. Everybody has the right to their own opinion and to live how they live. So I'm just going to go over a few things that I have found during my research on this subject about the animal abuse that takes place. And like in every other podcast that we've had so far, take this information and run with it the way that you will. Okay. Um, so what's what is some of the animal animal abuse um well cows in the dairy industry basically they suffer their entire lives you know 
from the moment they enter this world, they are treated like commodities. Um, special bonds are routinely broken. And, cow, you know, cows often develop medical conditions from the way that they live, you know. Just like humans, cows only produce milk for their offspring, okay? So, therefore, they are forcefully impregnated every year. They are forced through a cycle of cruelty that most often ends in slaughter. Um, you know, cows have a strong maternal instinct, but there's no place for that on a dairy farm, you know? After birth and first feeding, uh, the calves are dragged away from their mothers and they never see them again. And she goes through this year after year, every year of her life. And, you know, after being taken from their moms, calves live about 23 months in confinement until they're ready, you know, to move on to their next phase of life, shall we say? And, um, you know, they're fed a, a milk replacer diet when they're taken away from their moms. And and then they're drinking a milk replacer. Okay. And this is the part that I just, I feel sad about. They're drinking a milk replacer and humans are drinking the milk that was intended for them. So I, I don't know. Something about that just hits me the wrong way. That's just my opinion. Um, over 90% of dairy cows are confined primarily indoors, um, with more than 60, I'm going to say 60% that just mysteriously get diseases and die and, or it's just, it's horrible. All right. So You'll see if you ever dive into that rabbit hole of documentaries, which is what I did. Um, there's a very great percentage that cows live in confinement, tethered by the neck at all times, and they can't move. Um, you know, they go through things like painful mutilations, branding, um, dehorning, tail docking, things that are just not natural to be doing to a cow. Okay. Um, and then the, the thing that hits me the most is that you would think, oh, but they're dairy cows. They're, at least they're not going to slaughter. Well, they do. So cows in the dairy industry, they suffer the same fate as like a beef cow. Okay. When their milk production declines, no cow is allowed to live out their natural lifespan, which is 25 years. Okay. After being transported, they are put into stun boxes where they are shot in the head. And that's supposed to, like, not kill them entirely all the way. And sometimes their throats are slit. It's just, for me, it's hard. And, you know, that this leads into another conversation of people saying, well, if you can't drink dairy, why do you eat meat? And that's another journey that I'm currently exploring in my own life um, is whether I choose to continue to consume meat. Right now I do consume meat, but 
I am so thankful for that animal to give his life or her life for me so that I can sustain mine. I'm grateful to the animal. Does it make it right in some people's eyes? No. In some people's eyes, they think I'm crazy. So, I mean, you just have to make the best decision for yourself and what's right with you and what do you feel like you need to be doing on your journey. So everybody's going to be different. Nobody's going to be the same and everybody has the right to eat and be who they are, you know, the way they want. So there's no hate on this channel. Um, so even like beyond the, the animal abuse, the other reason that my household chose to not consume dairy products anymore uh, was just for health reasons. You know, the, it puts you at an increased risk of serious health conditions. Dairy has been linked to various cancers, including breast and prostate, which are very prominent in my family history. Um, and this is due to the milk's high level of insulin growth factor. And that's something that I don't think that people pay enough attention to. So for us, because of my people in my family have some health issues that dairy is not good for, we've made the ultimate decision to go on a plant-based dairy option. We are doing the oat milk. We're happy with the oat milk and oat milk it is for the long run. Um, now, the other dairy product that we're having a problem letting go is cheese. Um, we started with milk. This is a slow um, journey for us that we are not forcing ourselves into the latest trend, but we're making decisions based on what's best for our family, not what is popular at the time. So, you know, it's, it's going to take a while to fully transition into non-dairy or dairy-free or whatever you want to call it. Um, but I think that we're, we're doing what's best for us and that's all that matters. So you guys, this has been a subject that a lot of people have been talking about lately. So I wanted to come on here and talk to you guys about it and give you some fun facts. This way, if you were on the fence about maybe trying some plant-based alternatives, now you have a few more options and a little bit more information about it. If you decide to drink milk, that's your choice and you're not a bad person for it. And if you decide to go plant-based, that's your choice also. And you're not a bad person for that either. So like I said, take this information and do with it what you will. Okay. That's going to wrap it up for me today with my subject of dairy versus non-dairy. Guys, go and um, check out Lindsay's Groom Room from our small business mention and give her a like on our social media and let's boost her up because she really is a great human being and she runs a great business over there. I will go ahead and link all of her information in our description box below so that you can write it down and give her a call to get Fido haircut. All right. So that's our small business mention. Go ahead and check them out and just continue to live your best life. And thank you so much for joining me on this journey today. I really appreciate your time and 
go and check us out on Facebook and Instagram, North Shore Moonflower. We're happy to have you over there. Give us a like and a share. Thank you so much for joining us today. And as always, everybody, please just remember, be kind. Thanks. Have a good one, guys.